according to John, the second chapter. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been given, uh, invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone jars, water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw out some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have been, become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Did you catch it at the end there? This miracle happens. And the disciples behold Jesus' glory and they believe. What happens at this wedding that moves them to believing in Jesus? It's pretty interesting that when John says that this story manifested or showed, the word there is phanero in Greek, epiphaneros, just about is the way you might say it in Greek. And that sounds like epiphany, doesn't it? That's because, that's exactly what John says, is that this wedding was a great an epiphany, a great epiphany. A light shined. And they saw the doxa, the kabod, the glory of Jesus. And they believed. Now it's interesting that in the New Testament, when people would talk about God in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, all the same things they say about God are said about Jesus, in particular his glory. So we talk about God's glory, they start saying the same thing about Jesus. The word in Hebrew is, means weight, honor. And so what's said about God starts getting said about Jesus. And so the disciples see this wedding miracle and they believe in Jesus because they see his weight, his honor, his glory. Well, I want to know what the disciples got out of this. How is it that they saw such magnificent glory in this event, this first miracle in the Gospel of John? 
So that's what we're going to work with a little bit, because I imagine you do too. So let's get a few things out of the way first, because right away, when people hear this story, they want to know why Jesus called his mom woman. I know, right? You did. What would happen if you called your mom that? I don't recommend it, kids. Well, if we look at the, how that term is used, Jesus often uses that to describe his mother in some very endearing ways. This is not a word of disrespect. This is a cultural difference, so you can go, oh, interesting, let that go, move on. This actually happens at an interesting moment in the gospel, and we should probably know that weddings in Jesus' day, off the celebration of that wedding would often last a week. This was not a couple-hour party. This was days. There's even one intertestamental book that has a wedding going for 14 days. Now that's a party. And then I guess the other detail I want you to know as we start building what we need to see why the disciples believed by looking at this event is that it was the groom's responsibility to make sure there was enough wine and food and for the celebration. So that's just important for you to know. Because note at the end where the master, the head steward, however we want to translate that, um, where does he go? He goes to the groom who knows what? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe a key there. Okay, with that, with that, what triggered, what epiphany happened for the disciples? Why? Well, I'm going to do a quick brushstroke so you get this. This is a 15-minute sermon after all. In the Old Testament, when the Messiah would show up, it would be a great banquet. Even in the book of Revelation, at the second return of Christ, we hear about a wedding feast, a great banquet, um, and, and celebration, um, and a bounty of good things. So... Jesus comes to a wedding that has no wine. Like I said to Lulu and to the kids at home, having no wine at a wedding in the first century is like having no cake at a birthday party. It would have been a great shame on the groom's family in particular. If the Old Testament thinks about the Messiah coming and there being this great feast, and now Jesus goes to a wedding that is suffering, that is hurting, that doesn't have what they need, and now he does this miracle, well, you start to see what might trigger in the disciples. And in fact, if you looked at Isaiah today, you heard about God coming and like a bride and bridegroom, this relationship, and, and rejoicing over the bride and so when, the, when God would act. And then in Isaiah 25, one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite passages, 
Listen to what it says. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. And he shall swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples and the veil that is spread over our nations. And he will swallow up death forever and he'll wipe away the tears from all faces and the reproach the shame of his people remember no wine big shame no big problem he'll take away from all the earth for the lord has spoken and then this it will be said on that day behold this is our god we've waited for him that he might save us this is the lord we've waited for him let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Jesus comes to a, a wedding that's suffering and hurting, and he multiply, he, he brings wine into it, so much wine you can't even imagine. And maybe the disciples started thinking, whoa, something's going on here. You know, it's interesting, and a little bit later in some Jewish literature in 2 Baruch, we hear that when the Messiah comes, they'll, um, they'll, the harvest will be 10,000-fold. A branch will have a 1,000 clusters, and every cluster, a 1,000 grapes, and every grape will produce, you know, gobs. I, I, I don't know how to translate that part. Gobs of wine. Are you getting this now? Okay, this happens on the third day, John says. I won't go into the details. Again, we don't have time, but a lot of really great things happen on the third day. Does that trigger anything? And then when Jesus' Jesus's mom says, hey, you know, they have no wine, and Jesus says, my hour has not come, that word horah in Greek is most often used in the Gospel of John to talk about when Jesus will go to the cross and be raised from the dead. Oh yes, mom, my hour has not yet come. And then mom says, but do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> and I have no problem with mom kind of getting Jesus going. I mean, I, I, got, I don't know if that messes up your piety. It doesn't bother me at all. And so what Jesus does then is he will foreshadow in this event, and maybe the disciples got that, but we certainly can get this, that what he does in this wedding miracle is what he will do for us when he goes to the cross. And I think I remember something about water and blood coming forth. And then Jesus talking about this cup of the new covenant is the new covenant in my blood. So there's a foreshadowing of his glory on the cross, that hour. And then finally, what about all these jars? There's tons, these big, huge jars. You know how many gallons this probably adds up to? Well, you know, you can do the math, but 120 to 180 gallons. Is that enough wine for your wedding? And what were the jars for? Water was the the detergent to wash away um, our sense of unclean, you know, we need to be cleaned up to go before the Lord. And now these jars seem to get replaced with something else. 
again, a foreshadowing of what Jesus will do. Is it possible that we could get all of this in this wedding? That Jesus is now the one who cleanses us. That Jesus is the Messiah who will defeat death, as Isaiah talked about. That this is now the party of the, second, of the coming of the Messiah. Can we get that? That's what the disciples obviously got. They beheld Jesus' glory. They saw the foreshadowing of what he would do for us. Wow, this speaks volumes, doesn't it? This wedding miracle. But how does it help us today? With the new spike in cases, with new concerns and worries and anxiety, I mean, you get a tickle in your throat, right? I was with someone that was with someone that now has COVID. I mean, it's a, just an ang- anxious time. Where do I find a test? Do I need to find a test? Do I need to even worry about it? Omicron seems, if you're vaccinated in particular, and um, it, or, you know, it seems to be less severe, and so maybe we can just take a deep breath and say, okay, this is something we're going to live with. I don't know all the answer to all those questions, but I know it's got a lot of people anxiety raised once again and then there's just all the stuff that doesn't go right in our world sometimes right in our own lives with our own jobs with our own families with the the hiccups that happen i mean i think it's delightful that we had a hiccup in our video this morning i think that's just great what's that Speak for myself, yeah, yeah. Justin is like, no, I'm not. I'm, they're back in the back scrambling. <clears throat> Things don't go right all the time. How does this wedding miracle help you and I with that? How does it help us when we're getting ready for surgery? How does it help us when we're battling cancer. Well, I was doing a lot of thinking about that. And then I had this thought. I don't know if you've seen these videos, but uh, it just brought joy to my heart. And now it's kind of caught on, so a lot of famous pop artists are doing this now. But the scene starts with a a bride and groom and their wedding. And they have, sometimes they have it after the wedding or, you know, right at the end of the wedding. But they have their wedding and then there's time for the special music or it's at the reception. A lot of times these videos are at the reception and the bride and the groom show up and it's the party and it's the celebration and then the, the curtain opens and it's the person's favorite pop artist, famous pop artist at my little wedding. 
my little wedding. Fame, you know, Neil, you know, for some generations, Neil Diamond showed up at my wedding. Or I don't know, or you too for other generations. Or I don't know, I forget who just used it. But they actually showed up at my wedding and they start singing and dancing and they just, woo! And the, and the artists that are doing this, it's one of the most fun, most exciting things they've ever done. Here's the promise. Jesus has showed up here. He'll do it again in the Lord's Supper. He's doing it right now in his word. He has come to us when things don't go right, when we are consumed with fear, whether we need to or not. Um, we, when we get struck down by the things done and left undone, by, the, by just the imperfections of life, and when we get... We get consumed by worries about our health and what's going on and what's going on in our world, in our society, in our country. We've got all of those things in play, and Jesus comes right in the middle and sings a song. I am with you. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Word made flesh, the one who created everything has actually deemed all of you precious enough, so precious that he would come and gladden our celebration and our wedding with his presence and say, I've taken care of death. I've cleansed you from all sin, and I love you. Now that is what we need. Thanks be to God, Jesus has shown up. Amen.